0: Hey guys, Andrew Cooperider here, uh, coming at you doing kind of my my weekly uh, cast I've been doing uh, to kind of go over some things with you guys. Uh, I've at the rally on Saturday. We'll go over that here in a second. But at the rally on Saturday, a gentleman came up and asked me to start uploading these to uh, the the podcast so you can listen to it on the go. So I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to start re-uploading them to the podcast uh, that is fresh brewed. Politics, Fresh Brewed Politics. You can go on Spotify and everywhere else where they have them. I'll upload prior episodes too today so people can get all caught up and we can stay into it. So kicking off there, guys, if you could go ahead, please hit the share button uh, down there. If you're on Facebook, share it. Share it to a couple of groups pages. Share it several places if you can for me. Uh, If you're on YouTube or something like that, feel free to share out the link and let people know what we have going on. I am very excited. Uh, the stickers came in for my campaign coffee. This is for the uh, Coop Rider for Kentucky campaign. Uh, for those who are listening on the podcast, you can't see it, but the sticker has an eagle smoking a pipe, which I thought was pretty cool. So there you go. Uh, the Cooper Rider for Kentucky for the Commonwealth Freedom Blend right there for you guys. So go ahead. Share that out. You can purchase that coffee at uh, Cooper Rider. at C O O P E R R I D E R. The number four K Y uh, dot com slash shop. You can get that coffee there, and it's it's wonderful. It's a great blend. Uh, I made it myself, so you're not purchasing it. I'm sorry. You can. Get some and with a suggested donation. Okay, so anyways, back uh, back to it. Here we're going to talk about Br One Hundred and Six, why it's necessary, and uh, the arguments for and against it. And then we're also going to talk about why that means uh, it probably won't pass. Or or correction, we hope it passes, but we need people like you to help us get it passed. Right. Uh, we need to be applying that pressure to them because there's a lot of pressure coming from the other way, and I'm going to kind of break that down and describe how it works. But first, let's talk about what BR 106 does, and let's just talk about the philosophical arguments, and then go into the issues with it possibly passing. So I am in support of a bill like BR 106. Um, what BR 106 does is it it stops uh, employer uh, mandates. Now. A lot of people, not a lot, but some people would argue, and I'm not saying they don't have a point. That the the you know we've been fighting government overreach. I I am myself somebody who said this. You know when it came to uh, businesses and saying they cannot. A lot of people would push to say, well, they can't mask in businesses um, after the mask mandates are lifted. And and to which I said, you know, at that point, it's a it's a business's free decision if you, they want you to wear a mask or not inside, and that's their free decision. We just didn't want mandates coming down from the government. Uh, but the problem is when it comes to these mandates regarding employment and everything else, is that it is not coming from a place of uh, of free market decision making. Let me explain. So in a perfect free market, free in, in, in this utopia world where the government hasn't been playing with our markets for a very long time, and what I mean by that, especially our employment markets, is that I mean you can rewind all the way back to Jim Crow laws, okay? Uh, businesses, there's, there's free market work. There's free market forces at work most of the time. And so when you're dealing with these Ah, free market situations, businesses will do things that are encouraged by the free markets. And so, if you rewind to Jim Crow, why did Jim Crow laws come about? Well, they came about because businesses were desegregating on their own because it made more free market sense. The market naturally pulled away from racism and because, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter. Everybody's money green, and people didn't really care. And so, and then a couple of, racist Democrats got together and decided to go ahead and put in place Jim Crow laws to force the government to make businesses uh, claim who they can serve, who they can't serve. And and the problem is, is that happened. Those laws go in place, and then we realize they're terrible laws they should get rid of, and they should have. So we get rid of them, but the problem now becomes is that um, we've done damage by having these laws in the first place that encourage discrimination. How do we get businesses to stop doing it? Because businesses are naturally concerned with making any kind of social trend changes. It's cost benefit analysis. They say, okay, what is going to make me more money uh, versus what isn't? That's what a free market means. And so, if you're so in in that sense they're saying well I mean all these people were up in arms about desegregating do I really want to desegregate for that reason because the government had already played with these markets we had to put in place rules and laws to stop the damage already done by these these laws that were put in place to tell businesses they had to discriminate. And so if we fast forward to now we have a situation with our employers. Our situation is is we have mandates coming down uh, from the federal government that we're fighting in courts, but we also have mandates coming uh, from governmental forces within our own state. So take for an example, you know, Governor Bashir, using taxpayer dollars to do things like for an example, pay for the National guard to come up and and cover uh, if you fire people at a hospital. So in a free market situation, if not enough of your nurses and doctors had gotten the thing, and then you decide, I'm going to fire anybody who haven't gotten the thing. Well, then you don't have enough nurses and doctors, you'd fail. So the free market would dictate that you wouldn't go ahead and do that. You wouldn't want to mandate that to your employees because your business would be gone. But here you come, you have you have uh, government coming in using our taxpayer dollars to say, listen, you know, here's the deal. Uh, go ahead and do that. And what we'll go ahead and do is we're going to uh, give you the National Guard. We're going to help get you some money so you can replace these people. And don't worry if your business starts to fail, we'll bail you out, right? Because they do. And then, oh, also when it comes to, to hospitals, at least in the state of Kentucky, because of con laws, that certificate of need laws, that state hospitals need to get permission from the government before they buy a significant amount of equipment, add beds, or build another location. It gives the ability for uh, the threat to not even need to be stated, but implied from Bashir and Dr. Stack that they would hang up any kind of con request. They would go ahead and, and make it very difficult on you to be a hospital. This isn't even speculation. There's a hospital out in Georgetown that was advertising that they were not mandating in hiring ads, and Dr. Stack called them up and demand they pull it down, threatening them with um, further actions, and so they ended up pulling those down. So that's happening here in Kentucky. Now, Kentucky has SBA passed, which says a government cannot create mandates. But the problem is, is what happens when you have governmental forces using our taxpayer dollars and the overregulation laws they already have in place to get businesses to do something they wouldn't normally do. Because once again, not only is there no free market standard to it, but also if we are having free and accurate flow of information, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Studies have already proven there's no such thing as zero uh, uh, infections. There's no such thing as that happening. That this, um, there the, it does wane, and uh, you know, people who get who have the 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 thing can still uh, get the the disease. Sorry, guys, I'm trying to stay away from the key trigger words for the Facebook censors, and so what ends up happening is, is there's, there's not really a moral issue there because people can still sketch it. They can still spread it. It doesn't even do that. In fact, most the the studies I've seen coming out peer reviewed have stated that there is no connection between rates and spread. Um, so you, you know, there's one County I guess in the U S has 99.9% uh, rate of people having had this, um, this, this, this treatment thing. And yet they're a red zone for spread. And so for that reason, it doesn't seem there's a connection between spread and having it. Now, what that seems like is, is that uh, if the thing helps, it helps you uh, individually with your reaction to it, but that's it. It does nothing for the greater community. So morally that removes it too. So if one accurate information was allowed to flow easily within the communities mixed with, um, government not playing, providing monetary incentives to putting it in place. I know priorly I'd spoken uh, a few few months back about some of the uh, tax incentives and things like that they were doing for these businesses to get them in place and and some of the other things. and so if if that information's freely flowing, then, Uh, you know, it wouldn't be a big issue. BR-106 wouldn't be necessary because I don't think businesses would be mandating it in the first place. There's nobody protesting to demand businesses put in place mandates. There's nobody doing any kind of outspoken attacks on businesses not putting in mandates. Literally, it doesn't even pull well at this point to have a mandate in place. So you're only going to lose customers, A, B, you're only going to lose employees. And then on top of that, you're just going to end up in a worse situation than when you started. So for that reason, these mandates don't make a lot of sense. So that means there has to be other factors causing it, and those factors are coming from the government. Like I said earlier, tax incentives, uh, as well as these factors could be coming from uh, improper flow of information, misguided beliefs such as like, oh, okay, if we just get this all, we won't have to quarantine. That'll stop stoppages and things like that. Because let's keep in mind, that the the threat is also already there that government will shut you down again like they did before, but also they've been preaching and and there's some requirements about this whole quarantining thing. And so if they're going to edge off of that, if you go ahead and get it or if you get your employees done, then that makes the company more money too as well. So once again, those are just governmental factors changing this. So for that reason, that's why something like BR-106 is necessary. And what that does is, is it stops employers' from mandating this thing onto their employees. um, It also stops um, any kind of passport situation there or anything like that. Because quite simply, hey, let's let, if if people want to get it, they get it. If they don't, they don't. There's never been another time where, you know, in order to go eat somewhere, you got to show your medical records. In order for me to hire somebody, they've had to show me their medical records. There's never been a time where I've had to show my medical records to get hired somewhere. And so for that reason, it's clear that this has become politicized and being pushed out there uh, based upon, one, some faulty beliefs. I mean, I still see people wearing cloth and and medical masks after the, the CDC uh, director, current director and prior CDC director. And, and most doctors, including, you know, Gumta from CNN, have admitted that, yeah, those masks really don't do anything. Maybe a KN95 mask may provide some protection, but those don't do anything. But that hasn't stopped hospitals even from still handing them out. That hasn't stopped places from requiring them. Hasn't stopped people from wearing them, even though the, all the experts have already said they just aren't really good for this particular situation. But I digress. So so several beliefs there, right? And so it's key to understand, too, about these tax incentives. And there's some monetary incentives for businesses to do this. Why? Because We're going to go on to the next part. So, BR-106 seems straightforward, right? We're pushing back against Democrat-led mandates at the federal level. We're pushing back against uh, state-led backdoor mandates that Bashir's kind of working in there using taxpayer funds, right? We're pushing back against, uh, you know, governmental overreach by BR-106. So, why wouldn't we pass it? Right, and, and like I said, the argument is is that it itself is overreach. But the problem is, is there's no other way to fight back. We can't trust Bashir. We can't trust Joe Biden. We can't trust these people. We got to put it in place that no, you can't do that. No, you can't be doing that. So that way we can stop Bashir dead in his tracks. So well here's the dirty little secret: a lot of these giant companies they don't man- mind the mandates. One, they think it works or it's going to save lives. And you know, like I said, science is a little iffy on that one. Um but also, too, as well, they believe that uh, um they want those incentives and they want that money coming in. I mean, we're talking massive amounts of money, right? And they believe they won't have to quarantine anymore. I mean, look, you know, a friend of mine works at the schools, okay? And um she 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 does have her thing, and her husband had gotten uh, come down with the sickness, and she called them saying, "Hey, my husband's come down with the sickness." I haven't been tested yet. Should I still come in? And they said, uh, yeah, you've you've had the thing, right? And they're like, yeah, I've had the thing. Like, okay, well, you've had the thing, so go ahead and just come in. So they're not even telling them to quarantine or anything else if you've already been around it, if you've had that, because it's allowed by the government. The government and OSHA and all them, they're allowing that, so there's a push there. Why that's important to understand is to now understand why uh, Kentucky Republicans are going to do the bidding of these private companies as they so often do. And as I get into this, guys, please hit that share button and and share this out there onto your pages and stuff because I'm going to break down kind of how the, the political system works uh, a little bit here in Kentucky and a little bit of history. So, first, you have to understand that Mitch McConnell has an extreme amount of control over our state uh, uh, legislator. And the reason why is because a lot of the back in the mid teens, Um, When we began working on trying to take over the House and the Senate for the Republicans in Kentucky, uh, the orchestrator of that was McConnell. What he would do is is they'd go out and they would find people to run in races. Sometimes they're Democrats, they'd re-register them as Republicans. They'd go out and recruit people to run in races, and then McConnell would use his connections with corporate entities to funnel money to these people who were running. Well, to get that money funneled to him, what's that mean? Well, that means McConnell has always been funded well by corporate interests. And he does what corporate interests ask him to do because they're the ones who give him the money. He directs their money out. And then that's how you get it to candidates. And so that's part of the control. The other part of the control is that the the House and Senate uh, leadership at the state level, their way of having control. Because let's rewind real quick to the Ford vote. Remember... Only four people knew Ford was the company that was getting $410 million of Kentucky taxpayer money when it came time for a vote. Despite the fact that only four people out of 138 knew who the company was, that leadership entity was still able to get 126 other Republicans to vote yes to giving $410 million to an unknown company. How do they do that kind of thing? Well, guys, I got to tell you about something called the Senate Republican Caucus Campaign Committee or the House Republican Caucus Campaign Committee. And what are these entities? Well, what they are is they're the only entity in the state that can give unlimited amounts of money to candidates. So the Republican Caucus Committee Senate Republican Caucus Committee can give as much money as they want to candidate. So meanwhile, while we're out here, if you want to donate to me, and please do so, Andrew, uh, 4KY, the number 4KY.com, uh, and click the donate button. You can also go to the shop, get yourself nice coffee, plug there, shameless plug. Anyways, so while I have to work that way, when you get into a general, a lot of times, especially if it's a battleground type of area, uh, what these caucus campaign committees do is they send significant amounts of money to candidates. So I'll give you an example here. Um, In in 2020, they sent uh, $68,689 to Christian McDaniel for his race. They sent $15,000 to Damon Thayer. They spent $5,000 to William uh, Furco. They sent $25,000 to Albert Robinson. They sent another twenty five dollars to William Furco. They sent $20,000 to Albert Robinson again, so that's $45,000 to Albert Robinson. Michael Nemes, Jason Nemes's father, they sent him about $12,000. There towards the end of 2019. Keep in mind, he didn't have a primary quite coming up there, but they're sending a massive amounts of money there, Um, and so when you talk about that's just 2020. You go into 2019, Charles Wheeler, he's getting 57, 60 thousand dollars, right? And so you're seeing all this money from these campaign caucus uh, committees being given to these candidates, and leadership controls that flow. So if you don't do what they say. They're not going to send you their twenty grand, or their thirty grand, or their sixty grand that they send in some situations. Now you can say, "Well, Andrew, they send that. Where does that money come from?" In fact, when I was talking to my wife about this and all the money they're sending to candidates, um, she asked, "Well, where does the money come from?" Well, according to KRF, this is all according to KRF. You can go to uh, it's Kentucky Registry of Election Finance. Just Google KRF KY, and you can find all these reports. I'll give you guys an idea here. They're getting, so so. this is um, December. Uh, this is December of 2020. So this, I believe, would be uh, about this time last year. This is kind of the monies they got here. They got, uh, let's see. They've got, uh, how much money from PAX? They got in $116,500 from PAX. Just in that quarter, we've got $1,250 from Microsoft, $1,000 from Kentucky Credit Union. We got 2500 bucks from, what's that, Altria Group. We got $1,000 from YumBrand. Remember, they put in a mandate here in the state. We got $2,500 uh, from Genentech. We've got uh, 2500 bucks from C- CRH Americans. Uh, CVS gave them $3,500. CVS, the ones, you know, giving those, uh, those their shots out. Um, twenty five hundred dollars from Kentucky Associated Healthcare Facilities. We got twelve fifty from Wine and Spirit Wholesalers. Twenty five hundred dollars from Kentucky Petroleum Markets. Five thousand dollars from the Ford Motor Company Civic Action Fund. That really paid off for them. That five grand led to four hundred and ten million dollars. Five thousand dollars Kentucky Highway Industries. Remember how much we had to worry about the gas tax there last year. I wonder if that had anything to do with it. Um. Associate General Contractors, Kentucky Automobile Dealers Election, thirty five hundred Anthem Pack. That's the insurance five grand guys. It's just one quarter. Enterprise gave him five grand. Louisville Apartment Industry grand. Northfolk gave him two thousand. Kentucky Dental two thousand. Um, you know, and, and and GM gave them two grand. That's why they didn't get four hundred ten million. Ford got four four hundred ten million because they gave him five grand. And and you can just rattle through this. You know. UPS gave him five grand. The Kentucky Chamber of Commerce, which directs a lot of these flows and has a lot more control of your state legislature than is necessary, gave 2,500 bucks. Um, United Services Automobile Association, that's USAA, gave them 5,000. United Health Group, 5,000. Kentucky Physicians, 2,500. So, you know, and, and you can go through and look at these Merck, from Merck. Yeah, the same one that came out with the pill, right? Anyways, you can go through these and you can find Pfizer gave them five grand at one point. Johnson Johnson's giving them five grand just about every year. And so that is who's funding this pack that then they use to create control over those who vote. And so the leadership, they care there about, hey, I've got control of this ball. I can kind of control where it flows. And then in turn, how they control that is by handing out tens of thousands of dollars to candidates and then turning around. But the way they get that money is by doing the bidding of these large corporations. So you have to do the bidding of the large corporations so you can get the money, so you can control the chamber, so you have more power. That's the goal. The goal is more power, and they don't care that they step over people. They don't care that you're losing your jobs. They don't care about those things as long as they have more power, so they're going to do the bidding of these corporations and do the bidding of the Kentucky Chamber of Commerce because that's how they get the money, and that gives them control over other people. But that's where you guys have to get involved, okay? BR-106. We have to make it clear. If you do not vote for BR-106, if uh, your primary opponent will win in your election, we need BR-106 done. You guys have failed to, to rein in the governor. We've got people losing jobs over some of the stuff he's putting in place. And it was absolutely, absolutely necessary. And that's where you guys got to get active. You got to share with people about it. You got to stay on top of this. So that's what I have for you guys today. Please uh, go out there, push out BR-106, find out what's going on in the world. And uh, thank you guys so much.